You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 62. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Today's episode is such a good one, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. I had my friend Sonia on the show, and Sonia is the founder and CEO of Wildly Creating. She runs a web and brand design agency where they are passionate about creating, designing, and developing strategy-infused brands for high-performing entrepreneurs who are ready to change the world and are not afraid to go big. This girl is full of so much wisdom and so much just light and love and she has such a calming presence about her so I absolutely loved our conversation and getting to sit down and chat with her and I just know you're gonna love it too so um take a listen enjoy I hope you guys just love this as much as I do we chatted like super long distance she's all the way in Australia so this is just so so fun um yeah without further ado here's Sonia Hey there, my name is Sarah Elrod and you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast where we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. I'm a cowgirl turned full-time entrepreneur. I've done everything from wedding photography to horse training, business coaching, and more. My mission is to help other Western women and men grow thriving businesses so that they can live out that small town dream life that they love while achieving bigger goals than they ever could have imagined. If you're ready to put in the work, grow your business, grow your brand, and enjoy the little things in life, and of course, get a little rowdy too, then you are in the right place, my friend. Let's do this. Okay, listen, the world is changing and video is becoming more and more crucial in any small business's marketing strategy. And trust me, I get it. Video is scary as heck. And coming from a photographer, I chose photos for a reason, y'all, because video just feels like a whole other freaking ball game. I mean, I barely get ready on a daily basis as it is, but now you're telling me I'm supposed to show my face on stories and make reels and TikToks and all the things, or even just take a picture of myself and post it on my feed? Yeah. But hear me out, showing up on video or in any format for that matter does not have to be a traumatizing or cringy experience. In fact, it can be really fun and it's one of the greatest ways to connect with your audience, no matter what your industry is. And connecting with your audience will eventually turn into more sales, which means more moolah in your pocket, which we could all use, right? So here's the dealio. I am hosting a free five-day challenge on this exact topic. That's right, a challenge where you can come alongside me as I walk you through methods, strategies, prompts, and more on how to show up for your people so they'll continue to show up for you. Did I mention it's free? What do you have to lose? So to sign up for the challenge and get all the details, head to sarahelrod.com slash show up challenge. That's sarahelrod.com slash show up challenge, all one word. I'll see you over there. All right. Awesome. Well, hi, Sonia. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, For those of the people that are listening that don't know who you are, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you do? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really, really excited. So my name is Sonia and I run a web design and branding agency. I started my business as a web designer, then transitioned into branding strategy. And now I, yeah, I run the agency, but I'm really, really focused on the branding strategies as is, you know, the main, the most important part of your brand and also where you can shine the more and the most and share your knowledge with your people by being yourself. So I started my business, um, 
18 months ago when I was traveling in Australia. I'm still traveling in Australia, but I was stuck, of course, because of COVID. So it was the, it was the perfect time to start. And also everything grew pretty quickly. So it's still a little bit weird for me to believe that 18 months ago, I just decided to take the leap and now I'm actually doing what I'm doing. That's so cool. Oh, I love that. So what brought you to Australia before we like jump into business stuff? Yeah, well, I have always been traveling so, so much. And I was, I always said that I was a digital nomad before being a digital nomad. Like I was a nomad beside like but not being not digital so I was traveling so much and always landing in different countries finding a regular job for six months save enough and then travel for six months so Australia was just like the ultimate experience because I really wanted to live in a van and I wanted to do road trips and travel so I did that of course and I was in Tasmania when I started my business which is like an island south of Australia and yeah it was so beautiful so amazing and I'm still I'm still here because I love it so much it's such a big country yeah that's so awesome I've always wanted to go there I just think it looks so beautiful I haven't had the opportunity yet but hopefully when COVID and everything is over (laughs) I can go um well so what kind of got you started in the business and industry that you're in like what made you want to go into what you're doing So as I said, for me, the main thing was starting to work online because I wanted to keep on traveling and I was tired of finding, you know, regular jobs. So a friend actually recommended me to start a virtual assistant business because I had a travel blog, of course, and I was doing my social media. I built my own website. So I was thinking, yeah, I could just offer social media services for other people. And I did that and I didn't like it. But at least I had two clients that they asked me to build a website for them. And I was like, sure, yeah, I did mine so I can totally do yours. And that's what really got me intrigued into web design. So I dropped everything that I had built so far, which was nothing really. And I started my own business from from there. So that's actually how I started. I'm so glad I started with something that, you know, I did. I was not sure it was my calling but I did it anyway so that I could find what I really wanted to do. That's so cool. So what would you say is like your favorite part about what you're doing? Like what's your, do you do mostly, is it more designing or do you do more like coaching of other brands or kind of both? Oh my God. That's actually an interesting question because I am transitioning right now into mentorship and yeah. So the, I would say my favorite part has always been the strategy behind any project, both for web design and for branding. I really like to use my brain to, you know, find the best possible marketing outcome or the best content ideas or the best way to position brands. So that has always been my favorite part, especially with branding. But right now, I really love to have this conversation with other people instead of having it on my own and present it to the client. So just sitting down with a client and thinking about the possible way that we can strategize the business. Yeah, that lights me up. That's amazing. That's so cool. I love that. I'm, I definitely feel the same way. I think it's so fun getting to help other brands, like see them grow. And when they have little victories, it just makes me feel so good. I'm like, yay, I'm right there with you. You know, (laughs) I want to see them succeed. So that's so (laughs) awesome. I can definitely relate to that. 
Um, so with your experience that you have then with helping other brands and, and coaching and starting to get into that realm, what do you, what have you found, or even within your own experiences with your own business, like what have you found to be some of the more successful things to find growth in, in growing a brand? Oh, that is such a good question. So I would say that the easiest thing, like when you really see that the growth is going in the right direction is when the client is happy with the decision that they're making and it is not, you know, just following a script, especially mm-hmm. from social media. It's so easy to fall into this. That's the strategy that you should use. This is how you should launch. This is how you do social media. And I like when people are creating their own strategy and they're seeing results. So Mm -hmm. for example, if I'm doing, I don't really do social media strategy, but of course it's still part of the brand strategy. So when I'm talking about content strategy with them, I love when I do content strategy because I can see a lot of people are, they feel trapped into this uh, social media trap. Yeah. That you should only post, you know, three times a week. And in this kind of way, you have to call out people and you have to niche down. And when I see people following the script and being unhappy and not seeing results, you know, I love to sit down with them and create a strategy that works for them. That is maybe not even a strategy that exists, but it's working. And maybe you see, you know, social media following that is growing or they're just happy and they send another client because of that specific content. That is like number one, because I know that they're finally happening in their business and, you know, they don't have to hide anymore. And similar thing would be once they have the new vibe for the business. So when we do the brand strategy and we do everything from scratch and we have, you know, new colors, new pictures, new photography, and they finally feel happy to show up online. That's just amazing. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And, and that's so true. Everything you said about the social media like script. I like the way that you put that because it does seem like really repetitive. You know, you hear that all the time of people saying, Oh, just do this, this, and this. And like, it's a one size fits all. And I don't think that has to be true. I don't think, you know, every, you know, every brand is going to be successful doing the same exact thing as everybody else. You know, everybody has their own unique thing that they bring to the table. So I think that's a really important point to bring up is that there is no, it's good that you customize things for people because there's no one shoe that fits everybody, you know? So I think that's really, really awesome. Um, so if there was somebody, so let's say you have somebody that's like, Hey, I need help with, you know, growing my brand or starting, what would be like the first thing that you would tell them to do? What's kind of the first step in your opinion? is deciding what you actually want to do. And like, of course you decided on the business idea or, you know, you already have your business, but is what is the kind of business that you want to run? Like being really clear on the future life that you're trying to build. And before anything else, before focusing on the social media, the website, or the, even the brand strategy or the ideal client is what do you actually want to build? Because once you're clear on that, everything else will follow into place. You know, if you know what life you want to build and what life you want to live, everything else would follow in place. I always say, once your business goals and your life goals are aligned, failure is just not a possibility because you're going in the same direction. 
Oof. That's so good. That is so good. I'm going to like make a quote of that. (laughs) I love that. Uh, That like gives me goosebumps, but it's, yeah, that's so true. And that's so good. And I I love that because I think as entrepreneurs and people that want to start their own thing, like we're so determined to make it work and you do, you have to put yourself in the right mindset of like failure is not an option. Like I'm not going to give up on this and I'm going to push through until I make it happen. And that takes a special kind of person to have that kind of mindset, you know, cause not everybody has that and that's okay, but it's, it's crazy. I think a lot of people miss, you know, understand how hard it can actually be to be doing your own thing and starting something yeah yeah especially because a lot of people are still I think are still stuck into you know you can give up you can change you can do this kind of stuff but running a business means that you're really passionate about what you do it's not even a normal job that you know you can just change it so I think that this is the main reason why you should be clear on what kind of lifestyle you want to have, because it's not just like, I'm going to go to my job and then build my lifestyle. No, like your business is going to be a big part of your lifestyle too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. It's like a lifestyle choice because as much as we try to have that separation of business and, you know, personal life, it's (laughs) it's really much easier said than done because, you know, it's your whole life. You think about it all the time. I'll find myself like laying in bed at night, just thinking about business ideas (laughs) and marketing strategies. It's so nerdy. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm the same. Like just taking a shower. Oh, that would be an amazing idea for you. (laughs) Right. And you just carry like a little notebook around with you everywhere (laughs) constantly and it's always the most inconvenient times it's like when you're driving or like in the shower and you're like oh shoot (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny uh well okay so let's talk a little bit about um competitors with branding so I know that you have kind of touched on this before um about like your brand audience versus the competitors and why you think that actually knowing your competitors like that's a good thing so can you kind of dive into that a little bit yeah of course a lot of people are really afraid of talking about competitors because they are competitors and we feel this negative vibe around them because oh my god they're gonna steal my clients or sometimes it's just a mindset thing like they're better than me they're more advanced they know they know things that I don't know but the thing is that we can be friends with our competitors and we can collaborate with our competitors and they are just people that are doing what you want to do and they might be one step ahead two steps ahead it doesn't maybe they're even walking the same path as you it's just people that are just working in the same niche and the more you get to know your competitors the more you have a possibility to shine in your own niche in your own business simply because the more you analyze it in a healthy way. So not just like, oh my God, they're better than me, but like they're launching this program. They have this kind of package. Okay, so how would you do it differently? Is this the same package that you would offer to your ideal client? Probably not because you're different. So how would you improve it? How would you make it different? Or maybe they're offering the kind of support that you think would not be the right kind of support for your people. So how can you change that? You know, in a way that is more yours, personal, personal, it's more personalized <laughs> and it makes sense. So, you know, competitors are just amazing for your business. They can help you grow in so many ways. And if you feel triggered, it's just a sign that they are doing what you would like to do as well. 
So mm-hmm. just like a mindset reframing. Yeah, I definitely, I feel so many thoughts about this topic too. Cause I mean, the whole community over competition movement, if you will, is really huge. And I think it's awesome. And I agree, like you can be friends with people that are directly your competition, but you know, I think a lot of people are afraid of that word competitors and competition. And the truth is like, if you're in business, you're going to have competitors. Like, even though we want to say community over competition, you will have direct competitors, but that doesn't mean you can't cohabitate and you know it doesn't have to be aggressive or anything like that but I think that is really important to know that you can use I liked what you said how you were saying like see what they're doing and how can you do it differently because the truth is like you're never probably going to be the perfect fit for the same people that you know your competitors are like you guys are even if you're in the same niche in the same industry your ideal clients are going to be a little bit different. And so I think that's important to recognize that even though they might be your competition, you can still, you know, work together, refer people back and forth if you need to. And, and I just, I, yeah, I really liked what you said about that. I think that's really important to, to put that out there. Um, do you have any tips for people that maybe do struggle with that feeling of like jealousy or, mm. um, I guess that competitiveness where they're like, <laughs> I want to be better than them or whatever, you know, do you have yeah. like those toxic thoughts that we all have had? Yes. Oh my God. So many tips. So the first thing I would say is understanding if you're having a bad mental health day because it could be that it's just a bad day. And if it's like that, don't even bother. Don't go and watch, just mute people and even don't look at social media on those days. If you're, it's a good day, your, ha- your mental health is fine and you still feel those feelings, you know, try to investigate why and just pick a few people that are also your friends. So, you know, I might have friends that are designer friends that I admire so much, but that I see it's like, oh, they're so much better than me. I don't know what I'm doing, but they're my friends. So I can talk to them and be like, oh, I really like how you did this. I'm feeling X, Y, Z. How did you overcome this? Even talking about how you're feeling with them can help. And sometimes... I feel like even muting people, even on your good days, is a good thing anyway. It's not jealousy or triggering. It's just like staying focused on what you are doing. And, you know, you can analyze it every once in a while. You don't have to look at your competitors every single day. It would be too much. <laughs> right. No, I, uh, I love that. And I've definitely done that where I have people muted, where it's just, it is, it's not that you don't like those people. It's, it's almost that you like them too much, I guess, in some ways <laughs> where you're just, you want what they have. And it, it is, it's like a mental health thing. And, and I think it's, it's, you have to set those boundaries for yourself and you have to know, okay, who, like if they, if I'm scrolling down Instagram and I see certain profiles pop up and I feel anything besides like joy or happiness or inspiration, I'm going to mute them because you just, I feel like you don't need that in your life. Cause there's people that you can be inspired by. And then there's people that make you feel jealous. And there's, a, there's a difference with that. And so, you know, if you're feeling those jealous, I want, I wish I had her life. If only I had this, I'd have this person's life. If you feel those things, I think it is good to either step completely back from social media. Maybe it is just a bad day or yeah, mute them and just remove yourself from that situation. And that was a huge thing in my business that I noticed made a difference in just my growth and success was 
when I first started out as a photographer, it was like, I just tried to do what everyone else was doing, what was trendy mm. and, and, you know, all the, these beautiful traveling elopements and these really adventurous shoots. And that was super trendy. And I was like trying to get on that train. Cause I thought that's what I have to be to be successful. But <laughs> I was getting exhausted trying to be something I just wasn't. And when I finally like said, I took a step back and just decided like, what do I like? What kind of people do I want to hang out with? And what styled shoots do I like to do? That's when I really started to actually see growth and take off as a business, because I think it shows in your business, what you're portraying. It shows that you're more passionate about it. Cause when you're trying to be something you're not, or if you're just trying to, you know, keep up with the Joneses and get in that rat race, then I think it just shows that you're just treading water. You're not, yes. you know, you're not being what you're meant to be. You're not doing your passion. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, absolutely so much of this. I've noticed this with myself as well when I was doing a lot of design work and I was trying to follow this trend and like all the Canva templates, super polished. And especially with branding, like everything changes. Like in one week you have a new style and everybody's following that. And yes. Canva fonts and all of that. All of my clients wanted the same font and I was like, yes, just take it. Yeah. <laughs> Until you realize that, you know, you have to find what is calling you and what is making you happy. If somebody is striving with their niche and with the things that are doing, but you're not, maybe it's just because you're not meant to do it and you can find what really lights you up. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think creating things like mood boards and just even journaling or writing things down, just taking a step back instead of going on and, and looking through somebody's profile and being like, I like everything about them. And this is what I want to be. Just, you can, if you can do it, take bits and pieces of what you like. But I think taking a step back from everything and just don't even look at anything and just be with your own thoughts and your own heart and writing down what makes you passionate. That's where you kind of can really start to narrow down your niche. And then you can start to look at, you know, like you said, your competitors and, and start to see like, okay, they did this. I like this part, but I'm, I would change this, or I would do this a little differently and, and just make something that works better for you. So I think that's really, really important. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Pinterest, because I've heard the news around the block is you're like the Pinterest queen. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you use Pinterest and what it has done for you. Yeah. So Pinterest is amazing. It's such a, an amazing tool for your business. And, you know, it removes all of the problems that Instagram has, like engaging, commanding and building relationships. I started using Pinterest when I was traveling, of course, because with my travel blog and all of that was just amazing. And I experienced massive growth in that. Like, not, of course, I was not making money. It was just like a passion project. But I was able to really grow my blog and have a lot of traffic just with Pinterest. So I decided to move to have the same approach to my business even before I started a blog. So it was really successful even before having a blog. A blog. And especially for designers, I think it's amazing because you can really portray all of your work. Mood board color palette, uh, web design, like the wireframe or anything else. The way I use Pinterest is simply promoting the work that I already did and creating different boards on Pinterest. And everything is just linking to my website. So the main source of like traffic for my website is now Pinterest because of mood boards that I made two years ago even. I have one specific pin that is like, 
I think was spinned like 21k, like 21,000 times. And it was one of the first mood boards that if I look at it right now, it's like, ah, oh, you know, I can't do much better. <laughs> but it's still bringing me traffic. And I even had a lot of discovery calls of people telling, oh, I found you on Pinterest because I really like that mood board. So, wow. you know, you bring people to your business that they already love your work. And they just want to connect with you and, you know, they want to have something similar to something that you already created. So it's helping you to stay in your zone of genius as well. Yeah, I definitely think a lot of people underestimate the power of Pinterest. And that's what's so beautiful about it is one, you're not fighting an algorithm in the same way (laughs) that you are Instagram. And everybody loves to hate the Instagram algorithm. And I just, it's, you don't even have to create new content. I think that's the best part is it's so, you know, people think it's really hard to add on another branch of something. And that's true. You know, if you're struggling to just keep up with Instagram, then don't go add 500 other platforms. But with Pinterest, it just makes it, you know, you're just reusing the same content you already have. And, and it is, it's just driving traffic. And and I love what you said about how you used it for your blog and things like that. So what in your experience, using Pinterest, have you found like what pins tend to do better for you? Is it more just like photos, more graphics? What kind of things have you seen? Mood boards. Really? So yeah, mood boards and mood boards with color palette is like huge. Every mood board that I pin is like very, very big. And I love what you said about like fighting the algorithm because you like there is probably an algorithm, but it's more like a search engine. So Mm -hmm. people actually search for things that they want to see. And you don't even have to put that much effort. Like I use Tailwind, which is similar to Planoli. So you can plan all of your pins and you can plan it even months in advance. Even pinning 10 pins a day for the whole month. You just do it in 15 minutes at the beginning of the month and then 15 minutes the next month. And that's it. There is no comments. There is no engagement. Using hashtag also helped me, which was pretty surprising. Really? Yeah, like like hashtag mood boards, color palette, or even explaining what the pin is about so that I have more keywords inside. And yeah, and for the blog also, because I'm just using, you know, maybe a a mood board again as a pin and then explain how to make mood boards. So people are just going there. They read the blog post and then they connect with me on social media. That's so cool. So do you, do you create mood boards for each of your clients? Is that how you use that? Or what do you, what are the mood boards that you're putting out there for? Is it just to attract people? Well, I, I love making mood boards. as like a hobby. <laughs> right? It's so fun. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's for every client. I usually have multiple options, at least three two or three options. So for every client, I have three mood boards. And when I have time, because of course, I don't always want to do this, but I take the same mood board and I just put it in a different order, different colors or different pictures, but still, you know, same content. Mm-hmm. And then I, po- I post it on Pinterest. So I actually have to do this this month, but I would take all the clients from the past month, put together all the mood boards, change the format because Pinterest is like vertical. So similar to Instagram. So like portrait mode, change everything. So for example, if I had, for example, five branding clients in November, I would probably have, yeah, 50 mood boards to pin for the whole December. And is that all 
are those pins that you're creating or are those just pins that you're repinning to add into a mood board? No, well, I always pin my, my own stuff, but also, yeah, you also have to pin other people's stuff. So for example, in Tailwind, they have Tailwind communities where other people are just pinning their content and it's a way to make it, you know, circle back. And it's, really wise to pin stuff from other people as well this is helping you to show up more especially if something goes viral is still coming back to you like mm-hmm. of course people can go back to the source but they're also coming to your profile which is giving you more visibility yeah and I would have mood like uh, brand boards that are just for my thing so my mood boards my website my blog post and then it's like mood boards and color palette that I like or you know I would I would have my own my own Pinterest boards like while creating brand board and for every client I have one as well. So yeah, there there's a little bit of strategy but I'm really going with the flow. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I mean that was kind of how I got started on Pinterest too, which I feel like my Pinterest strategy is a little all over the place right now, but there was a <laughs> point when I was very consistent on it and I I mean I got a ton of views a month, so I should probably get back on that because it was definitely, <laughs> I fell off the bandwagon a little bit, but my excuse is that I got married this year. So you know, <laughs> I'm busy. It's a big excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm busy. Um, no, that's so good though. So yeah, I, I really love that. Um, so with your brands then that you're working with and people that come to you, do you think it's more important then to do more of the design aspect of a brand like doing the mood boards and figuring out like the visual sides of brand or would you say for somebody just starting out it's more important to have like a strategy oh my god that's such a good question I want to say both but it depends if you're just starting out like you have a business idea the mood board is the best approach simply Mm -hmm. because you still don't know and similar to me when I started online it was just like I want to make money online so that I can travel the world and it was not like oh I want to be I want to run a web design agency and you know all the strategy that I have right now so if you're just starting out it would be perfect to find what is the perfect lifestyle and business idea that you want to grow and build Mm -hmm. but if you already already have a business and or, you know, you already have the business idea, you know what you want to do, and you are sure about that, probably the strategy is what's going to help. Because if you have the perfect feed, but not a strategy behind, it's simply not going to help. Like you already have the vision for your business, or at least broad guidelines. So it's time to put a strategy in place so that you can live the lifestyle that you were planning to do. For sure. Yeah. I've definitely seen it go like both ways. Cause that's, I feel like that's a question that I've gotten a lot. And I think it's really easy when you first start a business, especially for women, it seems like we are very visual people and it's fun to do like the logo and like all the colors <laughs> yes. and, and like the, the fun artsy part of it. You know, everybody wants to do that part, but when it comes to the, the meat of the business, what's actually going to bring you <laughs> traffic and, um, leads and all that kind of stuff. I think that's where people fall off is like, Oh, that's scary and, and hard and, and, and requires more <laughs> brain power than, you know, colors. <laughs> and so, um, but I think they both bring value because obviously the strategy and things are going to bring in leads. But I do think having that strong 
brand design or visual also can just make your brand feel more appealing. And it just draws people in that are like, can resonate with that. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. No, absolutely. Especially I feel like a lot of people don't even need a very specific and, you know, in deep brand strategy, especially people that are like six figures or like big people, you know, they already have what is working. So that's when you need the design. That's where you need to stand out from the competition, from the crowd. And, you know, it's less about, you know, marketing tactics and how you could, like, of course that is, that is important, but you probably already have because you're already there. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's where the design can really shine for your business. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think it does depend on maybe your industry a little bit too, because I think, I mean, I think it's important for all businesses and all industries, but I think for people that are, let's say influencers and they're mostly just on social media. It's Mm -hmm. kind of more about, you know, your Instagram feed might be like aesthetic, but I think you're, you you may not have like a website and all these different aspects of your brand. So it's, you don't necessarily have to tie everything together, but I think that's when you start expanding, you have a website and you have Instagram and you have this, having that brand visual just makes it feel really clean and brings everything together. Cause you can go from your Instagram to your website and it looks like the same person owns both of those things. (laughs) Wait, what's going on? The colors are way different over here versus over here. So I think that's, that's a good point. Yeah. That's when you really need a strategy to put everything together. Absolutely. When you see that you're growing and you want to keep on growing in the right direction, instead of, you know, growing the page and then, Oh shit, I forgot about my website. Yeah. Right. I know. (laughs) It's so easy to want to just like put all your time and effort into one. And then you're like, Oh no, (laughs) Uh, there's more. (laughs) So much more. Yeah. So what about people that are kind of conflicted on should they start a separate brand for like a business idea or should they stick to a personal brand and put them all together in one? Do you have any thoughts about whether people should like split things up or keep things together as Mm -hmm. one? Another very good question. Yeah, I've been navigating that for a bit because now that I'm stepping into mentorship, I was having the same conversation with myself. Should I keep the same profile? Should I open another profile? What I want to do with my website? So I'm going to share a little bit what I did for myself, but of course it's different for everyone. So in my case, I decided to keep my own website simply because I can simply split it and divide the attention. So in one side, you can go to the mentorship and on one side, you can go to the agency. I don't, I didn't feel the need to create a different website just for, you know, the agency or the personal brand, especially because I want to keep my same name. So my Instagram is wildly, wildly creating and my agency is wildlycreating.co. So it's just the same. Yeah. But it made sense to me to create another Instagram page so that I could split the focus and people that are just interested in my agency work can focus on that page while my quote unquote personal brand and my mentorship stays on the OG page basically so yeah. that I have still the all the people that are following me from since I started and all the relationship that I was growing and nurturing are still in the same place. And it made sense because I want to make mentorship my main, uh, my main focus for the business. Mm -hmm. So that made sense. 
And I also believe that it depends on how different is your business. If you are selling, if you're like a virtual assistant, but then you want to open like a clothing brand, of course, it makes sense to split it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, if it's still in the same niche, it's really up to you. Like, would you be able to keep up with both platforms or is it a lot more work? Or are you actually happy to do the double work because it would make more sense to your clients mm-hmm. and audience, you know, this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, I actually just <laughs> recorded another podcast talking about kind of like, should you split your things into two or, you know, <laughs> but I'm so curious to hear other people's opinions. Cause I feel like my opinion shifted a little bit on it and it's just, there's again, going in back to, there's no one right answer for everybody, yeah. but I do think it, you made a good point of, it really depends like what your niche is. And if, if they both fall under the same niche, then I think you could totally keep them the same. Or like you said on your website, how you kind of have it split. That's how mine is too. My website's just my name. Um, I didn't even want to make it like photography or, you know, anything specific. Cause I'm like, well, I'm branching out into so many different areas now that I don't, I feel like that limits me. So it's just my name. And then, yeah, there's like a page for mentorships. There's a page for the podcast. There's a page for photography stuff. So I think you can break it all down into different slices like that. And you could do the same thing on social media as well, but I do find it easier on social platforms and Instagram to kind of do what you did where you have like two different separate accounts. Just my brain works a little better (laughs) when I have categories of things. Totally. Yeah. And I think your business is a very good example because I was, yeah, I sent you a message this morning and I was seeing all the different pages and it made so much sense. Like I know what to expect on one page. I know what to expect on the other. If I were to message you for one specific topic, I would know on which page to go yeah while the website you know it's still you running it and unless it's a very different topic a a very different business it makes more sense even for people that they have to remember just one website because that's where you know the business is at that's in the in the website totally yeah I I definitely think that I feel like too it kind of makes sense if you're maybe like a service-based industry versus a product. I think if you are selling, unless I guess, I don't know, I guess it could work in theory, but like I've worked with a couple of people that have their personal brand that they're, you know, more doing the influencer, maybe the fashion influencing, but then they also have their own boutique where they sell clothes. And I think it makes more sense to kind of have separate things, even though those could go together. Yeah, It just helps to to have your personal brand and then your boutique brand over there to where they can, you can cross post things, but I think keeping those as separate pages where people know, okay, we can buy from you on this page versus this page is where we can just get your styling tips and inspiration and, and things like that. So, um, that definitely makes sense though. And and I liked all your tips about that. Well, I think you are full of so much knowledge and your Instagram and branding is literally beautiful. I love everything that you have about it and all your designs and everything. So I would love to point some people in your direction and, and hopefully, um, get more traffic over to you because people need to see what you're doing. I think it's really (laughs) incredible. And your whole lifestyle, we're all living vicariously through you in Australia. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. 
welcome. Um, so why don't you share some places where people can find you and check all, all your stuff out? Yeah. So my handle is the same across all social media. I am wildly creating on Instagram. Then I have wildlycreating.com for my agency. And my website is wildlycreating.com. I, this is where I hang out most of the time. If you really want to stalk my van life experiences and my photography nature, I have Wildly Sonia, which is very easy to remember. Awesome. <laughs> and yeah, this is pretty much it. I hang out the most on Instagram as well. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom. I think this was just so fun and I love getting to connect with new people. So I hope you are, you know, I hope we get to hang out again and, and that people come and check out all your work and I hope this brings other people <laughs> help. I think this is really awesome. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was such an amazing call. Really. I enjoyed that. Thank you um, so much for having me. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Branded Cowgirl podcast. To stay up to date on the show, give input, ask questions, and more, make sure to join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can also follow us on Instagram and check out all of the show notes by going to sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. That's sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. And if you have not yet, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can continue to grow and get into the ears of more Western creatives just like you. All right, y'all, I will see you in the next one.